Hey there, I'm Raji Sohal. Well, a national handgun sales freeze is in effect in Canada and the public safety minister says the measure will keep handguns off our streets. Let's welcome to the show Tony Bernardo, who is the executive director of the Canadian Shooting Sports Association. Good morning, Tony. Hi there, Tony. Hi, how are you? Great. Good of you to join us this morning. I'm actually going to play us a clip right now. It's from the Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau. We're introducing legislation to implement a national freeze on handgun ownership. What this means is that it will no longer be possible to buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns anywhere in Canada. These are actions that doctors, experts, and chiefs of police have been calling for for years, and we're acting on their advice. We need less gun violence. We cannot let the guns debate become so polarized that nothing gets done. We cannot let that happen in our country. So, Tony, what do you think about what you just heard? Well, I think that it's extremely disingenuous. Um, First of all, it is not something that our police have been crying out for for years. As a matter of fact, the mountain of evidence from the police is saying that it's completely the wrong track. See, right now we have about 85% of all the murders done in Canada are being done by firearms that are smuggled in from the United States. Now, of the remaining 15%, there's at least half of those that are stolen from the police and the military. So you're dealing with a very small percentage of them that ever originate within this Canadian civilian supply chain. It just doesn't happen. Everyone who owns a handgun in Canada is vetted by the RCMP every single day under a program called continuous eligibility. Right. You mentioned smuggling there. How can smuggling be stopped? Well, you stop it by, by going after smugglers. <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't stop it by going after target shooters. You'd stop it from, from the smugglers getting them in. CBSA has been doing a very credible job on very small amounts of money. And they've upped their game on this quite a bit. And they're now interdicting many more firearms at the border than they used to. But because of all the publicity, there is proportionally much more smuggling happening. So they need more money and more people. So under the regulations, people can actually still own and use their existing registered handguns and sell or transfer handguns to exempted individuals or businesses. Uh, so the the limitations there are themselves limited, uh, but you still say it's too much. You say it's overreaching? Oh, it's definitely overreaching. And you see, the thing is, you have to understand what those limitations mean. You can sell them to businesses. Yeah, that's businesses involved with law enforcement or military procurement. Those are the businesses that are allowed to do this. You can't buy them or sell them to each other. And then in terms of being able to to sell them to competitors, it's a very small, narrow band of people who would be considered to be Olympic competitors. But the big issue is how do you become an Olympic competitor? Like an NHL hockey player, they don't fall out of the trees. They have to spend years and years training. And they start when they're young, and they they start with inexpensive equipment. And as the skills progress, the equipment gets more and more sophisticated. 
So there is no opportunity here to train new shooters, no opportunity at all. So you're defending uh, Olympic competition there. How relevant is that? Like how many Olympic competitors are actually out there? Well, there's not that many, but there are 26 shooting events in the Olympics. Um, So it certainly is a a big thing. And shooting is one of the original Olympic, when it was reconstituted in the early 1900s. Um, Shooting was was definitely one of the original uh, sports in that and is still highly competitive all over the world. So, I mean, it's it's there. But remember, this is only the Olympics. There are a number of high-level competitors in in many other shooting sports, too. There's dozens of different shooting sports. Yeah. Some of these ones are flying all over the world. Sure. Big, Big dollars. It's a big thing. Sure, yeah. And there are a lot of Olympic sports out there that in no way whatsoever would end up infringing upon other people's uh, lives on their health and well-being the way that uh, we know guns obviously do. So are there other Olympic sports you advocate for just as passionately as the ones that involve guns? No, no. I I mean, we're the Canadian Shooting Sports Association, so that's our step. However, guns don't impact people's lives. Okay, people impact people's lives. A firearm is a tool. It has no will of its own. It has no hidden malice. It's not an evil talisman created by the devil to plague humanity. It's just a mechanical object. And like every other mechanical object in the hands of good people, like police officers, it does good things. In the hands of bad people, it does bad things. It's the the intentions of people and the evil in the human heart that that makes this dangerous. And Tony, I think the numbers in the States for the, I think just for this year alone, I'll have to double check this, but we're around 34,000 people had lost their lives in the States due to a gun Mm -hmm. fatality. Many of those, I should mention, were actually suicide. Um, And there are people who have a genuine concern of that ever happening here. Would it? Well, you know, no. Uh, I mean, when they put the original round of draconian gun regulations into effect 25 years ago, um, they said this will drastically impact suicides. It didn't. What it did was it changed the method. If you look at Canada's suicide rate for the last 50 years, it's remained relatively stable and unchanged. And it's still exactly the same proportion as it was back then it just changed their method and and you know i'm sorry but a a rope makes you just as dead as a bullet and when you yourself look at what has happened with guns in the states um what is it that makes you feel confidently that they are just dealing with a different beast there and that that wouldn't happen here what is the main marker for you they are a different beast Uh, i mean the united states has completely different laws. They have a convoluted patchwork of state laws rather than federal laws like we have. And we're completely different cultures. This this is not the way Canadians solve their problems. They generally don't shoot each other. You know, they generally talk it out. We, We could be more akin to places like Switzerland, you know, or Holland, which have very large shooting cultures in both of them. Switzerland, it's shooting is their national sport. And and uh, the prevalence of firearms in Switzerland is absolutely huge, where uh, every Swiss male 
has to go to a year of military training, and at the end of that military training, they've been issued their assault rifle, not an assault weapon, a real assault rifle, and 700 rounds of ammunition that they have to keep in their home at all times ready to go for the purposes of defending the country. Mm-hmm. All right, and Tony, yet, we are going to have to leave it there just because we're bumping up against the clock. But I wanted to thank you so much for sharing your thoughts this morning. You're very welcome, and have a great day.